Hello, Sportscope followers. After five years of doing this program, once a week, balancing a 60-hour workweek job, I've decided to do the program five days a week, one hour a night, taking a significant pay cut. So I've started a Patreon page, which is Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N slash Sportscope, spelled the same way at the bottom of the screen you see there, for $5 a month, 17 cents a day. You can help support the program. You ask yourself, why Sportscope? Well, I bring in such big names uh, such as Al Borges, former Auburn offensive coordinator, and and I cover the big news uh, in sports that the corporate media will not cover. If you want to contribute more than $5 a month, you can go use the cash app. The cash tag is Sportscope, again, spelled the same way, or you can go to the Zelle app, sportscope at gmail.com. Sportscope has about 5,000 followers and growing. If you want to advertise on the program, you can email me. The word is sportscope, spelled the same way again, at gmail.com. Thank you and enjoy the program. Okay, guys, I am live here on all links on this 10th day of October. Uh, once this thing gets going, the weeks just go by fast, fast, fast. Got a lot I want to talk about tonight. I know we have a big game on tonight, AFC West game. I do like Kansas City uh, to cover that seven points and to win. I also think that their run defense is going to hold uh, Josh Jacobs under that 59 and a half that rushing yards that they have in FanDuel. So, going to talk about the uh, Tua call there, and that was 110% the Tua call or calls that were made in the Falcons and Tampa game. I can kind of see where that's going. I got analysis of the, the pros and cons to something like that, and I always have a suggestion whether the league listens to me or not. Uh I'm going to bring on a guy eventually within the next week or two, someone that does the league does listen to, and that would be uh, Mike Wessoff, he, uh, former special teams coach of the Jets, the, the Dolphins, the Saints. Uh, he coached Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill had a huge game over the weekend. And um going to have him on probably within the next two weeks or so. i got to finish his book up. It's 400-something pages. And Wednesday, folks, uh, we'll have uh, Al Borges on. Now, his book is in the mail, The Knife, The Tiger, the story of the 2004 Auburn Tiger team that went undefeated. I could see some parallels of that team and the Tennessee Vols. Uh, we'll talk a little college tomorrow. A lot of NFL. NFL was first and foremost. But first, knowing who you are. In life, folks, if you know who you are and what you're good at, you're going to be happier, more successful, uh, and you're going to make the people around you happy, uh, the ones that have your best interests, family members, friends. And I, I saw that, and I come to this probably two and a half hours into preparing for today's program. I like to put three in. Sometimes I, I I write down ideas on Sunday afternoon after the games are starting to go off. And the Sunday evening, 
Uh, but this particular day, I didn't really realize that type of title until I got deeper into my research into the uh, fault of these past games. And the Eagles are 5-0. and They are 5-0 and because they – uh, their Matt, uh, was it head coach there knows exactly, exactly who his team is. And he has coached up, um, uh, Jalen Hurts, who is a willing participant to, to play within himself. And they got another win. They are five and oh, and they're set up to have an excellent. And I nailed the game, by the way. Here's here's me on Friday's show talking about that Eagles team. But I think it's probably going to be 27-24 Eagles, and they're going to go 5-0. I hate to say that. I don't want the Eagles to win. I'm so – you know I'm down on Hurts. <laughs> but, yeah, no, 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 no. So that was me and Mad New York or myself on Friday's program. And, of course, they went on to win the game 2017 – just a tad bit off, about like almost as close as I was for Buffalo and Baltimore last week. Okay. But, but the Eagles know who they are. And the same thing with the Ravens, you know, hurt uh, Jalen hurts was 26 of 36, 339 yards, zero passing touchdowns. And he threw and he run for, for two touchdowns. Okay. And the, and the, of course they won the game. Uh, they, they won the game. They got plenty of pressure. Hurts, no no interceptions. Uh, he was really wise with the football. I think there may have been a one sack. Uh, and, and then you look at a guy like Kyler Murray, one touchdown, one pick. He had an 80.5 QBR rating, but he's coached, uh, you know, him and Cliff Kingsbury, who, who signed an extension and could get canned if uh, Arizona don't go as far since they started 7-0 last year dominating and flamed out in such uh fashion against the the Rams in the playoffs. So but but that head coach no and, and look go let's go back to the Ravens. And I watched a lot of that Rave all of that Ravens game because for one thing I had I had the Ravens um I had that Raven team on uh uh on a parlay. Uh I've had uh plus three in a parlay and, and with Cincinnati and we won and we won. But the, but the same thing with, with John Harbaugh uh, got a lot of criticism. I, I talked about the fact and I didn't get a chance to ask Jack Hirsch, which I'm going to email him probably after the program and see if he's going to be able to come on on Thursday. But uh, my thing is Harbaugh and this team have lost two games. They should have won. They should be five and oh, actually. But they they slipped into a situation where uh, Lamar is going to have to be something he's not, and that is an accurate passer when the opposition knows you have to pass and they're playing wide zone. And when the problem, you, you can run and you can run and you can run, but, but the field gets smaller and smaller and smaller the closer you get to that goal line, you know. And uh, and he start he got it he understood it Harbaugh and plus they they're a team they've got the best kicker in the league you know the Ravens Justin Tucker is knocking a man from fifty eight without any any whatsoever uh, backlash I mean just 
the one he hit from 58, he could have hit it from 65, you know, but he knows exactly what Lamar is and what he's not. And that's okay. But I love the fact that uh, very same situation a week ago, and he sides on fourth and short. We know what this quarterback is. Uh, on the other side, they can go down there and get that touchdown, and you flip it. You flip the scenario. Cincinnati, they went for it on fourth and goal, uh, and, and of course, they didn't make it. And then the Ravens go back and drive, drive back down the other way. But So they kicked the field goal with this almost perfect kicker. Only other kicker I could compare him to is Adam Vinatieri. This guy's got a stronger leg, but Vinatieri's hitting more bigger kicks. You know, I think he's won four rings, three, four rings uh, with, 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 the, with the Patriots alone. And then Vinatieri goes up to Indianapolis first year and his big clutch hits kicks for them, and they go on and, and win the Super Bowl that year, ironically. But, you know, he, he knows what they are. And he he lets, like, for instance, that last drive, Lamar Jackson didn't throw any, any big pass. He had a 19-yard scramble. And I was listening to Skip Bayless. Um, yeah, Skip Bayless, and he was saying, I knew it was over once he, once he got over the 50 during that 19-yard scramble. He said, I knew it was over because I, I, I know this guy can kick it from anywhere practically. This guy's amazing. He kicked one that it was so perfect last year that it just barely it hit the top of the up bar and bounced right in the middle into the net and went in to beat the Lions last year. This is Justin Tucker's amazing kicker. But he knows what they are. They are a field position team. They're they're a really good running team, that Raven team. He had a good, good left tackle. Uh, another good game by Ronnie Stanley there at left tackle. He's been hurt for almost two years, kind of going through what uh, David Bakhtiari was going through with that Green Bay team, you know. But he played that perfectly. And Lamar didn't have a really good passing day. Less than 200 yards. So, and and then they turn around defensively. This is a good, because this guy's on the verge of being fired, I think. And I think games like the last two home games where they've blown up. I think they, uh, somebody said that they lost, I want to say somebody, uh, Chris Collinsworth, they've lost five straight home games. Uh, remember, the preseason don't count. They have 21 straight, at the pre, but the preseason don't count. But regular season play uh, five straight home games. This team's lost two of them with big leads, and I thought they were going to lose this one. Perhaps if they could have kept uh, kept these guys out of field goal range, which is simply not keeping them over the fifty. But they they didn't. You know they end up going on and beating Cincinnati. But you know I got to give the Ravens credit, man. They 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 played the zone and. They made Zach Taylor and Joe Burrow be patient, and they don't got patience. You know, they were giving up 5.7 yards a carry to Joe Mixon. But the flip side was he didn't let he, he didn't put Lamar Jackson in a position where he had to throw to get back in the game, and ultimately they won. And now you're going to have a very tight race between these two teams in the north. And 
Cleveland's going to run the party for everything. Deshaun Watson, uh, you, you can see what while they they went out and got him, you got a guy like Jacoby Brissett who cannot finish games. If he was just a little bit better of a backup, that team would be leading this division. They wouldn't have a loss. Cleveland wouldn't have a loss right now if they didn't have uh, if they had Jamar, if they had Deshaun Watson. I don't think Cleveland would have a loss this year. They would be five and zero, like Philadelphia. They would have the number one seed, but that's not that's not the case, you know. But yeah, Joe Mixon with five yards of carry, and they couldn't convert the third downs, and the rest is uh, is what it is. But he 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 examined what this team is. He's not making. He's not. He at, at five years. This is a fifth year option for Lamar Jackson. You're not going to pass for 5,000 yards in this league. It's not going to happen and win a bunch of games. You know, you're going to uh, run him when you can, run out of bounds, and he didn't take any big hits last night. Uh, he played smart. The guy played pretty smart, you know. Same thing in um, in New York. Brian DeBall, he knows exactly what he has. And... um Daniel Jones, and he knows what he don't have in Daniel Jones. This guy's not Eli Manning. This guy can run, and he plays action off the run, or he can use some type of option with Saquon Barkley, and this team is going to win games. Now, but that's my common theme. For they, these guys know exactly who these quarterbacks are. And then the flip side, you, you look at a guy who, who can't run at all, a Cooper Rush, and Mike McCarthy knows exactly what he is. Now, Cooper Rush knows what he is. He can't scramble that much. This guy's either got to take the sack, throw the ball away, or make the completion. He's not going to run for a big bunch of first downs. That's not going to happen. He's not going to escape uh, multiple pass rushers on a free blitz and make a big throw upfield. He's not Ben Roethlisberger. He's not Josh Allen. He's not uh, none of these guys, Patrick Mahomes, who playing tonight. He's not any of that. And he knows exactly who he is, you know. But when you try to be something in life you're not, it it it, it, it really, it's like pulling teeth uh, for you and the people around you who want the best for you. And, and a lot of that is these coaches. You know, they – they trying to – I remember the coach that used to coach for the Falcons. I forgot what the guy's name was. I want to say it was Jim Morse Jr. How about that? I think I guessed it right on the money. But he comes in, Dan Reeves, they fire Dan Reeves. And this guy, Moore, I want to say, and I may be mistaken, he tried to make Michael Vick into a West Coast offense. A guy who throws the ball sideways, he has an extreme ability to get downfield and make big plays off play action. And they wanted to put a West Coast offense around Michael Vick. This is in the early 2000s after Dan Reeves was fired. And Vick was never comfortable. He said, I was never comfortable with that offense. He really liked playing under Dan Reeves. You know, so, long story short, you know, he, he goes to jail, he, he he gets rehabilitated, and then he works with a guy like Andy Reid. Andy Reid knows, he says, 
tell me what you like to do. And I'm going to build around that because you know who you are more than I know who you are. I know what the film says you are. But what do you like to do? And we're going to we're going to we're going to deviate the offense around that. Instead of forcing you into what I think is the best for my signature, I'm going to do what you do better. And and that's why Andy Reid has had such success with quarterbacks. You know, we thought there was a guy on here the other day, Larry Frank. He he brought on um, uh, Garcia, the quarterback used to play for the 49ers, Jeff Garcia. I thought Garcia was long time washed up. And he goes to the Eagles and gets them to the playoffs. Andy Reid saw what he does good, and he implemented that and added a few things that are in his wheelhouse to add to his repertoire. He didn't try to turn him into a John Elway type or Ben Roethlisberger. The guy didn't have a real strong arm. He was good at the West Coast. He come from the 49ers. Uh, real sharp at that, Jeff Garcia. So that's what he did. That's exactly what he did, you know. But it just goes to show you, and 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 I'm noticing this more now. And these defensive-minded head coaches, they really got to get it together. Now I know Sean McDermott is 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 um he's smart enough to put the uh, right people around Josh Allen, but most of these defensive-minded head coaches right now today, I mean, they are getting lapped in this league. You know, they are totally getting uh, uh, just discombobulated, if you may. But these these offensive-minded head coaches are better with young quarterbacks. I've noticed that. So if you're starting an organization, you probably want to get with that offense and just see if your quarterback can play. And if you're getting you're terrible on defense and your team is too finesse per se, but you know your quarterback can play, then you might want to go ahead and get a defensive-minded guy that's a little bit more physical that can bring in a smart quarterback coach and a or an offensive coordinator who may be both per se, and to work with with, with that with that player. But when it comes to developing these young quarterbacks, or this Jalen Hurts. Or even Cliff Kingsbury, Kyler Murray wins rookie of the year. This guy's incredibly short, folks. And going back to that game, the reason why they lost that game, he didn't have any time to throw. And he's still pulling out miracles and all that. That's what he is, you know. But he didn't really have any time to throw. And that game played out just about the way that I said it would. Right down to three points. And... They still lack a consistent running game. They've gotten better since last year. They have their injuries on their line. Uh, They still don't have DeAndre Hopkins back, but they're still going to be a a, uh, force uh, if they can get, get those things squared away. But, you know, these coaches who play to these players' strength, I mean, look what, for instance, okay, Matt Rule gets gets fired. And I, part of the reason why I think that he got fired was the fact that Jeff Tepper 
David Tepper, the owner there, very aggressive, uh, moved off of his general manager, by the way, back in 2021, last year, uh, from a longtime general manager prior to him who had been there who built up that other Super Bowl team that they came up short with John Fox on back in the early 2000s and the guy who gave Christian McCaffrey a major extension in his um, early in his career. So he moved off him. He moved off Ron Rivera. He moved off Cam Newton, brought him back temporarily, David Tepper. And he brings in, it brings in Matt rule, you know, but, but rule, you know, he's thinking, Offensive mile worker quarterbacks, but guys, if you look at the, you would not believe how bad it really is for for young uh, uh, or for college coaches coming to the NFL. You know, and bear in my era growing up, I'm thinking, okay, Jimmy Johnson has won. Multiple super. He had two. He had three Super Bowl championship teams off the teams that he drafted, that he knew he had recruited a lot of these players out of high school, former Miami Hurricanes, but just other players. He had a good eye for talent, and and of course, the rest of his history he makes this big trade. He gets more players. He has a good understanding. Of I'm gonna try to break him on the pro. He's got a book coming out called uh, Swagger. Coming out in November, I'm going to stay on Jim Jeffcoat and Jimmy himself. Once I get it, I'm going to uh, try to get him on to talk about his book. But for you guys, you guys like him, and then you got guys like Pete Carroll comes out of USC, gets steals in the fifth round. I mean, uh, Sherman, uh, a great, pro- probably a, very potentially a Hall of Famer, a Russell Wilson. I mean, you name it. Yeah, just that physical legion of boom. And a lot of those were players that he had, uh, you know, recruited out of college. But for every two of those, there's 10, there, 10, 15, 20 big, big names in college games. I mean, you're talking about guys like Jim McKay. And this is uh, John McKay, excuse me, former USC coach from the 60s into the 70s, Pickles, uh, coached O.J. Simpson. I want to say he may have dealt with Ronnie Lott in college, but I may be off a few years. But though USC, I mean, you won four national championships. I didn't know John McKay was that successful. I mean, but this guy, nine national cha- uh, nine conference championships, uh, he won four national championships, and he was awful in the NFL. He was 44-88 in the NFL. Nick Saban was 15-17 and 17 in the NFL. He had already won a national championship at that point, but he couldn't get that quarterback right, and he got very frustrated with, with, with the quarterback position and not being able to bring in a guy like Drew Brees. They got stuck with a guy like Culpepper who had a much worse knee injury than uh, the Dolphins, who ironically wouldn't take uh, Breeze because of his shoulder injury, but they get a guy like Culpepper who had a had a worse knee injury, go figure, but the Dolphins have been dis, 
functional for a long time. But so I got this email that I emailed to myself about uh, Leacher Report, coaches who went to college to the NFL, guys like Bobby Petrino, who I want to say he coached up uh, Lamar Jackson, got him to a Heisman uh, Trophy in Louisville. This guy was winning everywhere he went, but he he let his personal life get involved and he got out of college. But he quit in the middle of the season with Atlanta. He was 3-10 and and quit after the first year. Look at Urban Meyer just last year. Three national championships. Urban Meyer's got the highest winning percentage probably in the history of college football for just the least, least amount of games. That's how good Urban Meyer is. And he couldn't last one year. I had a, a player suing the team because of him putting out bad information on a kicker. Uh, he had a he rode home. Uh, he flew a, a, away from the team. He had the, the the bar incident that looked bad. He he didn't know about the running back situation. Uh, who was hurt and who was not? He was caught multiple lies. I mean, he's not used to being held accountable for nothing in Ohio State. You know, you're the end-all, be-all. You're, you're, you're the general manager. You're the head coach. You are, are you're all this, uh, a lot of the, what the scouts do. You're involved in everything, and you're over everything. The AD stays the bleep, especially if you're winning big in college. He stays the bleep out of your way. He don't come up in your office because you're making, if you're Urban Meyer, Nick Saban, you're making him a lot of money. You know, so, but in the NFL, you have the owner, you have other billionaire athletes you're dealing with that are young, uh, you have a salary cap, you get seven picks. Think about it this way. You get one pick out of the top 32 players, normally. When, when in, in, high, in college, you may get, and I've noticed, I've, I've read this personally, I follow recruiting for years. You may get six or seven in the top 32, not in the top uh, 200 or 1,000 like you would in college or like you would in the NFL through the draft. You know, you got a draft system. And, and these guys don't have the patience to deal with that. They're like strong business people, business owners that are trying to become president, you know, like our former president, our last president. And what don't make those guys good president, they was decent, but, you know, they don't like to listen to anybody. They don't want to deal with any. They don't want to delegate. They just want to call the shots and get things done. You know, go get me the player I want. Well, you can't do it. That player's not available. The player's on a contract. Now in college, it's even better. You just do the transfer portal. Go through the track. So it's actually that, in that sense, it's easier to get the players you want and much quicker. But in the NFL, you have dead money. If you sign a bad, if you got a bad contract, for instance, Atlanta's stuck. They're still dealing with, with uh, Bat Ryan's contract, you know, that dead money. Uh, the Patriots, for years, were dealing, even though Brady won them Super Bowls, they still had his dead money contract. So, but, you know, guys like this article talks about guys like Steve Spurrier, 12 and 20. Spurrier was 197 75 in college. One of the most innovative offense, fun and gun at Florida. And he was horrible. He was taking guys like 
Danny Warfel, guys that just because he couldn't understand the the ins and outs of college. And, and I actually defended this on the Mac and Jack and Jim Jeffcoat show last year saying, no, nah, man, you guys are not thinking big enough to do with the college concepts. There's more than just concepts and stuff. Now, you might be able to bring a coordinator for college, but when you're in the head coach, you're in charge of everything in the NFL. That's why they make good money. And you really have to be on your staff of who you're hiring and you got to make sure this 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 guy fits because you got less room for error, you know. Uh, Dennis Erickson was horrible, uh, forty and fifty six as a head coach, but he won a national championship at Miami. Also, one one seventy nine and ninety six. Butch Davis, Butch Davis built former Miami Hurricane coach. He built one of the greatest college individual teams of all time. He. Built that old one hurricane team. And then he left to the Cleveland Browns. They probably offered him a lot of money and he wanted the challenge. But Butch Davis built that team that had, um, I can't remember how many, 12, 14, 15 professionals that went on and had great careers. Andre Johnson, Frank Gore. Uh, uh, I mean, you you just name it. Uh, defensive line, linebacker. Lawrence Maroney, uh, not Maroney. Uh, I can't remember the guy. A lot of these players, I'm drawing blanks. Jeremy Shockey, just first round after first round. Uh, McGahee, you name it. Uh, yeah, Ed Reed was. He's a Hall of Famer, by the way. Ed Reed's a Hall of Famer. He built that team, but he went to the Cleveland, and a lot of it is, you know, they didn't have the quarterback. Twenty-four and thirty-four, and they get fired quick too, Pickles. You know, Chan Gailey, Bud Williams. I mean, just just big name after big name. Lane Kiffin, which he probably wouldn't read anyway. He's only like 34 years old. But you guys get my point there when it comes to that. But other other reasons why Matt Rule. I mean, this guy had um, you know, players like 38 games. This is who he had in his 38 games. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater, washed-up Cam Newton, Sam Darnold, uh, a bust. P.J. Walker, who came from, uh, what was he, like the USFL or something? He was in one of those uh, minor league, semi-pro teams. And then Baker Mayfield, another bust. Two busts from the same draft. Teddy Brid- and, and these are all guys that are acquired while they're in the league that we kind of got the idea, but none of these guys are starting quarterbacks in the NFL. None of these guys are franchise quarterbacks. And I'll be proven right. Well, Cam Newton's about to retire. He, he, he's not getting a job anywhere. Uh, Sam Darnold can stay healthy. He's a reckless player. Turns the ball over all the time. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater, another guy. Was I right about that? He can't stay healthy, man. You know, he can't stay healthy. And, then, and of course, Baker Mayfield who was cast off, but am I crying a river for this guy? He, was, he signed a seven-year, $62 million contract. And they still owe him, according to Spot Track, $40 million of this. But, you know, yeah, Pickle says Ed Reed was 9-5 and five in the NFL. Uh, well, whatever I read was his actual record, and it was a losing record. At one time, he was 9-5. and five. 
Uh, he, he later went 12 and 20. <laughs> he, you know, he, he was trying to do what and – then, and then you had a guy like um, Urban, Urban Meyer – and I mean, I was okay with what he did with T-Bowl. But after reading a guy like Mike Wessoff's book, this guy was a terrible blocker. And he was not that great an athlete, air quote, as other athletes that did what he was trying to do. Now, they were trying to use this guy on special teams and uh, use him to block in special teams and use him. But mainly, he was just a gimmick guy. He, he was The gimmick was just to get people to watch the Jets. So he couldn't do anything right. He didn't have enough experience at tight end. He didn't have the speed. Uh, and he for sure wasn't a quarterback in the NFL. And that's what you see at a lot of the – and the same thing with Spur, Danny Warfel. That guy couldn't get rid of the ball quick enough. You know, when you've got a great offensive line and you got so much speed at wide receiver, you could throw the ball slow. And plus – that the the the, the, the uh, hash marks are more inward in the NFL. The, the the area everything is tighter in the NFL. The the it is faster. Everything's close. You're not going to get a lot of slow. Play. You can't just out recruit people. You got to actually get down in the nuts and bolts, X and those. Teddy Bridgewater uh, criticized Matt Rule. He says this guy don't have enough uh, emphasis on his red zone offense, and that was on his way out of the door. But that was probably some truth to that, right? You know, so it, it's and, – and the average game, folks, it's four points. So you need – you need that seven instead of that three. The average game – and you look right now. Get out your phone and look at uh, the, the scores and point spreads. They're three to seven points. Every one of them, just about. You have some outliers. You have a Buffalo versus a Pittsburgh. 14 points and they covered. But for the most part, it's three, three and a half points. And that's the difference between getting in the red zone and kicking field goals, you know. And a lot of that is that red zone offense and knowing what you're good at and knowing what you are and what you're not. And that that is the key to success. But he didn't do that right. Uh, guy's a really good coach, uh, excellent at the college ranks, won everywhere he went. Uh, there's quite a few jobs, Georgia Tech's open. Nebraska's open. Auburn will probably be open. Uh, that's a big name school. Wisconsin's open. And he's got 40 million coming to him. So I'm not losing any. Uh, yeah, Pickle says Baker Mayfield, six head coach, Coach Killer. Mayfield's very lucky to even be drafted number one. Lincoln Riley got a lot of guys drafted really high. Some of them overdrafted. Baker Mayfield did a good job. And my, my, my guess is somebody will try to hire him away. And he'll probably fail. The, the, the numbers say he'll probably fail. It's like 10 failures in college. That doesn't mean you can't hire a college coach for a coordinator job, quarterback coach, defensive coordinator, offensive, especially offensive coordinator, especially offensive coordinator, because we, we know that a lot of offensive schemes are being used in the, uh, in the NFL from college. We know that with Cliff Kingsbury. There's some there's some option. To, there's read option. That's all college, man. Everybody's using that now. Well, a lot of, a lot of teams are. 
who have athletic quarterbacks. They do a little bit with Josh Allen. Uh, you're, you're doing a lot of that almost exclusively with, with uh, Jalen Hurts. And then you look at Baltimore. So, and there's going to be outliers. Like I said, Pete Carroll, people say, what about Jim Harbaugh? Well, Jim Harbaugh, yeah, it was successful, but it didn't end well. Look what happened to Colin Kaepernick. His career went in the toilet. And really, he was frustrated more than anything about his play going down and getting benched for players that was rated way under him coming out. Way under him. And it's like his game just went totally in the toilet once Harbaugh left. He had a fallout with ownership because he's used to being in control with everything. I don't know if he'll ever go back to the NFL. He's a good coach. They're playing well. I'm going to ask uh, Al Borges, what does he think of Michigan this year? Because Urban Meyer says he works for Fox now as an analyst. He says they're pretty fast, you know. But, you know, you, 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 when you come to that pro game, man, I'm telling you. So, anywho, uh, Cooper Rush, by the way, Pickles, going back to that game, I, I'll say this. it The guy can take a punch, and that was what I was going to leave the show with. Uh, Cooper Rush, Jason Peters, by the way, was filling in. He was filling in for a young guy, rotating a Connor McGovern, uh, McGovern over there at left guard. And, of course, that's right where um, Aaron Donald's going to line up. And you saw what Aaron Donald did against this young guy. They've got some rookies. I think they got a rookie there on left tackle. He's actually doing a really good job. But uh, Rush received three sacks and six quarterback hits, two uh, quarterback hits and two sacks and sack for a loss by Aaron Donald. Arguably one of the probably the greatest defensive player currently in the game, if not in his era of right now. He's still all pro level type of guy. And this guy's got, he's like, he's running in quicksand out there. So he gets hit early. And we remember when in the second quarter, I want to say that's when Cooper cup, the other Cooper, right. Gets the 75 yard touchdown uh, catch. It goes into a six point game. Now it's 16 to 10. The game is very much in reach. It's still in the second quarter. And this guy is getting leveled, sacked, hit, hurried on a lot of these plays. They didn't dominate in the running game, neither. They ran the ball pretty well, but they didn't air quote dominate in the running game. But he still manages to make the big throws when he needs to, including a great throw and catch by... um, a guy's name just slipped my mind. It wasn't their leading receiver. It was their number two, Michael Gallup. Uh, it was Gallup. Gallup made a great throw, a uh, great catch, and it was a great throw to a spot. And I'm starting to see these throws once a game. You know, they're, they're starting to be a thing where they're, they're playing the Giants or they're playing Washington Pickles or – um, who else did they play at home? Uh, Cincinnati, and or this particular game, per se. There's uh, there's one throw that I think that I don't think Dak can make. 
I don't think he could have made that throw to, to Gallup. I don't think he could have made that throw to that spot on that Monday night game to C.D. Lamb. I don't, and as much as I like Dak, Dak is a very wealthy guy right now. Uh, he's going to make, yeah, it was Gallup Pickles, yeah. Great throw, great catch on the sideline. That was very Eli Manning, Mario Manningham type of catch, you know. But I just don't think, and going back to 91, we talked about this on other shows, but Steve Berline came in for an injured Troy Aitman. And they rolled out, they meaning Jimmy Johnson and Jerry Jones, rolled out this guy for five, six games all the way into the playoffs. They rolled that out. Now, of course, in that situation, you're dealing with the former number one overall pick. Uh, they had a lot of faith in they were starting to see the, the transformation in Troy Aitman. I get it. But they did ride him out. So my thing is, they're going to ride him out to, uh, by the way, the Eagles, they play the Eagles at Philadelphia. I want to say through the Sunday or Monday night, big primetime game, actually going to be as advertised. Looks like the Raiders are up 7-0 on the Chiefs. Chiefs kind of went in there slacking. Okay, so you have this, uh, but he didn't blink, man. I mean, Cooper Rush did not blink. And I, I'm playing him against the Eagles. The Eagles might not have their left tackle. This Jordan uh, Malataya. What is it with these names here lately? And two others may not play. So you got to keep him in, man. You got to keep. That don't mean you have to trade Dak and all that. But you got to run this thing all the way. Again, the NFC is wide open. I mean, we saw Tampa struggle. Okay. We saw Tampa struggle. Uh, who else was good in the NFC? Green Bay. Green Bay got beat by the Giants. They got two losses. They're still acclimating new players. Green Bay went to London, and this is really what Aaron Rodgers says. I wish we could have got here earlier to see more. They took that as a vacation. When he made that comment, I thought about it when they lost. He said, man, we should have seen more. And I know that these are professionals and, you know, I know what people say on camera. I know what organization people say, you know, representatives, the team, uh, the coaches or whatever. I know what they say on camera. And then I know what they really do when he sings in their ocean uh, is, is they, they uh, know what they do as far as actions per se. And what they do as far as actions per se is they took the Giants lightly. The Giants were missing three wide receivers. It was playing in the UK. Uh, they knew they had a supreme advantage. Green Bay did at quarterback. Uh, pretty good defense. Probably had an edge on defense because of the Giants injuries there. And they looked at it as a vacation. And because that's what Aaron Rodgers, he said, I want to get here earlier. Spend some more time. See some more sightseeing. And... Then they get beat. You know, you see it in college all the time where a team is superior and they'll come out the first half and, and get up two touchdowns and totally check out the game after that. 
I've seen the University of Tennessee do it. Not this year, but in the past. That's one thing about this coach that's better than the one that Fulmer, for instance. Philip Fulmer would get up 14, 18, nothing, 21, nothing, and run the ball. I mean, everybody's lackadaisical after that. And then you look up the game's tied. The game's tied. Because all they wanted to do is get, get up and then mail it in because they've been mailing it in when they got out there. And that's what a lot of teams are doing against the Giants. They look at Daniel Jones. They know he's no good. And they look at their injuries. And they got beat. Tennessee lost the opening week doing that. What happened? They got up 10 nothing. Giants came back and beat them because they stopped playing. And same thing with Green Bay. They're actually sneaking up on people. But so Green Bay is not that good. Uh, Eagles still have issues uh, with their quarterback making big reads to have to throw. Now, he's got the weapons to do it. Devontae Stiff had a good game. He had 10 catches yesterday. And I, I like Dallas Dirt. A.J. Brown's turned out to be an excellent um, acquisition for them with Tennessee. But now they're starting to get injuries on that offensive line. And he's going to have to throw more. And I think more bad things are going to happen. They got a clean, clean shot to beat. And this is in Philadelphia to go up there in that hostile. And I know Jamie Pag is going to be there. It's going to be a huge game. Philly sports guy brought on the program a few weeks ago. He's going to be in Nashville next week for his 50th birthday. I'm going to, I'm going to give him a souvenir. But um, you know he's going to be there. And this is going to be a great game. Normally it's a snoozer. It's boring. But I've been talking about the Eagles all year because they've been involved in good games and the hype leading up to the game has been good. But I like my chances with Cooper Rush. Last year when Dak came back, they got blown out because I think this uh, Moore guy, Keelan Moore, the offensive, he wants to throw the ball more with Dak. He wants to get those stats up more because he's trying to help his own career out to get him a head coaching job someday. Instead of doing what's right, this team is a running team. They're a defensive team. They got the defensive player of the year. Now, he's got a growing injury. He finished the game, Michael Parsons. He's defensive rookie of the year. He almost won rookie and player of the year last year. T.J. Watt had an ungodly amount of sacks, and he won. You've seen how bad they are defensively when he's not there. Uh, he earned that uh, defensive player of the year, T.J. Watt. And you got Michael Parsons. Dan Quinn's got that defense playing at its absolute peak. You know, he's got his everything he could out of them. And, of course, the, hey, they gave up one touchdown. But, man, I mean, you won 22-11 on the road, air quotes, on the road. You got a lot of Dallas fans in L.A. Hey, that's very impressive. And you got a quarterback. All this, all that hurrying, all those knockdowns I just read, all those sacks I just read, he didn't blink and he did not throw an interception. Who does that sound like? That sounds like 22, uh, 21 years ago, a guy named uh, Tom Brady. He was a guy, he would not turn the ball over. He took what the defense gives him. He would do little short passes to a guy named Troy Brown or whatever running back that Bill Jack and find off the street. And they played really good defense. They played really good field position. And they had a really good kicker. They knew who they were. With that personality, and they and they stayed with what they uh, what they knew. 
guys like Laura Malloy had a very a whole lot of money invested in that defense per se. Uh, guys like um, oh man, Teddy Bruschi, uh, Ty Law, really good. I think Ty Law ended up making it as a uh, a corner uh, Hall of Famer per se. So, but that's what Cooper Rush is right now. He's that guy. He is that guy. And Ron Rivera, I love this guy's quotes, by the way. Uh, guy asked him, he said, what's the problem? You're one in four. You know, you got a team that's 4-0, 5-0, excuse me. You got one team that's, you got two teams, other teams that's 4-1, and you're one in four. And I love his answer. And I'll play it here in just a second. Here we go. Ron Rivera today. About the, the Giants, you know, they're up to a faster start. The Eagles, the Cowboys, you know, they've kind of all been rebuilding too the last couple of years, and it seems like they're farther ahead. Why do you think the teams in the division are farther ahead at, at this point? Quarterback. I mean, that's that just quarterback. You know, Ron Rivera at this point don't really care. Uh, the guy's won two time uh, coach of the year. He is. Been to the Super Bowl, should have won it, didn't. And he's working for an owner who's under massive amount of investigation by the league for, for everything you can think of, just about. Uh, I read through the Washington Post, I was researching the program, that the owners are not quite there as far as votes to get Dan Snyder out. Why are you bringing up Dan Snyder, you ask? Well, I'm bringing up Dan Snyder because... Ron Rivera is in year three, and he could be on the hot seat, but it wouldn't look good, especially with everything that uh, Snyder's been accused of and the lack of professionalism and the fact that, you know, Rivera's a minority. They're not wanting to do that, and he's a two-time coach of the year. Uh, And quite frankly, they did get to the playoffs their first year. And they almost beat the Tampa Bay Bucks with a guy named Taylor Heineke. And his respect, got a really good defensive line. They got a fair offensive line, but they got a guy who hangs on to the ball. 20 sacks for Carson Wentz. And six interceptions. Ten touchdowns, six interceptions. But this guy's been sacked 20 times. He's the second most other than Matt Ryan in the NFL because he, he just cannot make those quick decisions. You know? You know, but uh, that's pickle says the guy just cut it to the bone. You know, they said, What a quarterback? I can't get this guy right. Do you regret taking him? No, but he can't get right. Anybody ever seen the movie Life? They had a character in there, can't get right, you know. And this took place in the 30s. They didn't know about mental disabilities then, I guess, and had the proper turn. They just called him Can't Get Right. Uh, Very funny movie. I I like uh, So they're one in four. And I would urge Dan Snyder to be patient. First of all, you might get by without the league vote wanting to vote you out. You need 24 owners. They don't quite got that number yet, according to anonymous poll by the Washington Post. I don't trust them on a lot of stuff, but something like this, yeah, that sounds about right. Because maybe the other owners feel like they, they may have something shady in their past. So there, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't do it. I was reading up on one of these other college quarterbacks, just for example. It's going to be a really good draft. 
this guy named Will Rogers Institute. I kid. Um, his name is Will Rogers, Mississippi State quarterback. By the way, they're quietly having a great season. But they get lost in the shuffle because Tennessee has the best offense in the country, again, according to statistics. Alabama's got Nick Saban, a rock star there. Uh, Georgia's defending national championship. And they're getting lost in the shuffle. But Mississippi State's having a really good year under Mike Leach. But their quarterback, Will Rogers, has got – he's got the completion record in 28 games that stood for nine years. He broke Aaron Murray from former uh, Georgia – Bulldog, his game was 52 games for most completions in the SEC. He, so this guy broke that record in practically half the time that Aaron Murray did. And he's a junior. You know, this is why you bring that up. Because it's going to be a great quarterback draft. They don't have a quarterback. They have the defensive line, and it's getting older. They're supposed to get the, one of their best players back pretty soon on defense. But they've got skilled players out the gang. That's what I. That's what I'm saying. Skilled players, skilled players. Curtis Samuel, Terry McLaurin, Johan Dotson. Uh, but Wentz throws an interception right in the end zone to the Titans. Now Titans fans, they they got to be happy about that. They're in first place. But you look at the guys. They they haven't had quarterback play. And Washington Pickles since Joe Gibbs. You think about that. That was in the 90s. Last time this team won a Super Bowl was in 91 and 92 with a guy named Mark Ripken. I guess nephew plays in the league now. Uh, Joe Gibbs won with three different quarterbacks. Doug Williams, Joe Theismann. Well, that's a long time gone, guys. You know, you think about that. You think about how many great quarterbacks they've had. Chase Young, yeah. Chase Young, Montez Sweat. Yeah, they've got players pickles on their defensive line. You know? And quite frankly, they got most defensive players. But they need a quarterback to not – they get to know what he is and know what he's not and stick to it. Now, Carson Wentz is a guy who needed to see a psychiatrist years ago. Since he left, uh, since he got that injury in 2018, and since he left Philadelphia to get his confidence back, he's overthinking it. He's the second most sacked quarterback, and look at that D, look at that team they've got in the entire NFL. But you got to love uh, Mariano Rivera, or uh, Mariano Rivera. I love him too. He's great, ain't he? Ron Rivera. But Got to get to this other story. Uh, okay. The roughing call. Tom Brady. Now, that is all Tua. That, that is, that is, that was 110%. A lot of I told you so this weekend, okay? That roughing call against Brady that practically cost Atlanta the game. They probably wasn't going to win it. But it was a big it was a big thing. Got in Grady Jarrett, I think is his name. Uh takes Brady by the way, slams into the ground. That's a tackle. That's a tackle. It's the same type of hit. Except 
Brady's a bigger guy than Tua. Uh, slams him to the ground just like the Tua hit. And then that's called roughing the passer. Uh, didn't go for the knees. Didn't go for the head. He took him down. Now, uh, same thing. I mean, just... And, and then there was a guy that hit um, Marcus Mariota, Vita Vita. Same thing called. Same same type of play. Just textbook, grab a guy by the way, throw him to the ground. That's a textbook tackle. What else are you supposed to do? You know? So if only way you can prevent this, I guess, if you have a ref to stand back there in the backfield, and as soon as the guy gets his hands on the quarterback, you blow the play dead, even if the ball uh, is in the air. I mean, then you don't have to replay and see if the ball's in the air or not. Is it still in his hand? Is it not still in his hand? So that's going to take the game forever. So if you do that, if you do that, you're not going to have great plays like the David Tyree catch, where it looks like that Eli Manning was sacked in the backfield for a major loss that Eli Manning, not the most athletic guy in the world, I use him, for example, because he's no Josh Allen. He's no uh, Lamar Jackson or, or, or Ben Roethlisberger or anybody like that. So you got a guy, one of the least athletic guys, he slips out of an arm tackle and throws one of the greatest, most replayed catches in NFL history to a guy named David Tyree. He catches the ball. Well, that never happens if you implement these kind of rules where you have to blow the whistle every time the quarterback gets touched. You see what I'm getting at? So this is an overcorrection from that commissioner and the owners to say, what's going to cost us money? What's not going to cost us money? What's going to cost us money? What's not going to cost us money? And a lot of things are done because of overcorrections. You know, a lot of laws are, I mean, just ridiculous. So I think you should just, uh, that's the overcorrection. I think there should be a meeting this week in the NFL and say, we can't help it, this guy got a concussion. But we can't call that rough in the passer. Uh Vita Vita was overrunning the play, and he barely, to stop his momentum, put his hands up and, and pushed against uh, Marcus Mariota Pickles and pushed him down. What are you going to do? I'm, this guy's 360 pounds. Mariota's probably 210. And you got a guy with that kind of force coming at you, you're going to fall down. And maybe he fell down on purpose. He flopped. Because he knew that maybe he'd get him 15 yards, which it did. But you never, you're going to have outliers. Outliers are guys like Sam Bradford and guys like Tua. And in that game, as I as I said, that could happen, Pickles. As I said, that could happen with Miami, did happen. I said, when you got a guy that's injury prone like Tua. You probably don't want to get an injury-prone Teddy Bridgewater backup. And what do you know? His first start, he gets ink percussion protocol, which probably another overcorrection, which I didn't see, but I'm reading it. It was an overcorrection because of the Tua thing. 
But I was right about that. You don't even though this guy may fill in this Teddy Bridgewater pickles uh, may fill in for three or four games, but this guy can't stay healthy. And for sure enough, he gets out and 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 the the, the Jets run rough shot and and win the game. They're in there with a third string quarterback. Only thing you got to feel good about if you're a Miami Dolphins fan is how good Raheem Mostert's running the football, right? So, uh, two is an outlier. Do you want to get better helmets? Yeah. Do you want to add some kind of inside padding and make it like a leather helmet that's on the outside? Mainly, you still want the protection on the inside of the helmet, but hadn't you thought about maybe softening up the outside of the helmet? Now, the slamming to the ground, that's just football, man. Tackling a quarterback by his waist is, yeah, Teddy Bridgewater gets, yeah, Sam Bradford takes that Minnesota team on a, like a Monday night football, almost perfect. The The Saints never got a hand on this guy. Uh, they win going away. Then I find out after the game he's hurt for the season, and then they put Casey Keenum in. I'm like, man, nobody even touched him. You know, they stump his toe on the sideline. I mean, gee, some players are not built for this. Humans ain't really built to run in each other and get in a car crash that many times a day. But, hey, we like it. I like it. I'm dedicating a lot of time to it. So, please, folks, subscribe to the Sportscope YouTube channel. If you like the show, please, please share the program. Subscribe to Sportscope. Like, you see that? Okay. Uh, YouTube channel. Got to get that up. Wednesday, going to have... Um, Al Borges on, talk about his book, Deny the Tiger, okay? I'm uh, going to have him on Wednesday, tomorrow. I'm going to get into those college games. Hopefully on Thursday, I'll have the great Jack Hirsch back, and then Friday, have the Mad New Yorker back. I'm going to get off here and watch the game myself. Uh, thank you, everybody, for supporting the program. I'll see you tomorrow, same place, same time, here on Sports Scope.